What's up, y'all? Welcome to Procurement Foundry's 10-Year Talks, 15-minute podcast interviewing battle-tested procurement and supply chain professionals who have the scars to prove it. We ask the same five questions every week, providing you with chewable bits of expertise. I'm Katie McEwen, your host, the Procurement Girl, representing BuyerQuest, the most user-friendly procurement solution in the world. 10-Year Talk streams live every Friday on LinkedIn and is available anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm excited to introduce you to our rock star guest today, David Swift. He has extensive expertise in procurement supply chain. He's led three different huge transformation in the last 10 years with over 25 years of experience in this space. He certainly has the battle scars to prove it and a ton of expertise. He's the former head of procurement service, corporate services at Novartis. Thank you so much for joining us today, David. Uh, thank you, Katie. And I, I certainly have the battle scars, and uh, but I'm not sure about being the rock star. That's the first time I've been introduced like that. But anyway, <laughs> a pleasure to be with you. Well, great. You know, just just take it and run with it. Yeah. So, so tell us what you've been working on this year and kind of what your focus is right now. Well, um, you know, in the corporate services area, we have a whole variety of professional services uh, um, categories, um, you know, from consulting, human capital, uh, legal services, uh, travel fleet, etc. But um, and and they're all really interesting. But uh, there's one probably closest to my heart, and and uh, it's really sort of around the whole idea of the future of work, um, and uh, what has been dubbed uh, total talent management. And in many organizations, certainly in large corporates, you'll have your traditional hiring of full-time equivalents, uh, which is done by your HR function, talent acquisition. But then alongside that, you'll have a, a growing proportion of the workforce who are non-employees. So they are contractors, they are consultants, they are freelancers. And now you have more and more freelance platforms. Uh, you have the whole outsourcing piece. But all of that is run in silos, and uh, most companies don't look at it holistically. And for the most part, HR only looks at the um, the full-time equivalent piece of that uh, pie. And in Novartis, for example, 100,000 employees, but another 50,000 non-employees uh, that we can recognize or see, and maybe even more. So it gives you an idea of the proportion of the workforce that's non-employees. So what uh, myself and my team were, were driving this, uh, you know, actually more than last year, it's been almost three years I've been trying to sell it, is the idea of total workforce management, having a holistic approach to managing the workforce, having putting on top um, strategic workforce planning. Um, and, and the idea behind it, it's not the sort of traditional procurement idea of driving savings, but it's about in a knowledge economy, how do we enable our business to have the best talent out there? Uh, that's a competitive advantage if you can do it. Uh, in the farm industry, like many other industries, getting the best brains is uh, really important. And I like to say uh, my job is to get the unfair share of that talent into Novartis so we can beat the competition. That's right. That's right. Well, that's, that's great. That's great. Uh, it sounds like you've definitely had your hands full when working there. I can't even imagine all the, the stressful nights that you had to deal with, especially with working so international, uh, that yeah. might, must, must have kept you pretty busy. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's a big organization with uh, yeah, lots of lots of stakeholders. So yeah, it, keep, it, it keeps big people busy for sure. Yes, absolutely. So who was that one person that really inspired your road to success? You know, a mentor, a coach, or a parent, someone who really inspired where you are right now? Um, yeah, I think there's, uh, there's a few actually, um, but uh, 
at different stages of my career, I had uh, one of my first bosses, his name was Phil Guido. He was a, uh, a New Jersey Italian. Um, I worked for a company called Foot Locker at the time. And he uh, really sort of taught me what it's like to work in a big corporate. And uh, I was young, dumb and full of enthusiasm and had a big mouth on me or whatever. And then get you in lots of trouble by saying what you actually think. And uh, he sort of showed me the ropes. Uh, I think he recognized in me himself uh, as, a, as a younger man and um, maybe tried to help me not to make some of the errors that he made. Um, and, I, and I appreciated that because um, it's not every manager that would be bothered to do that and they'd let you go and do your own car crash. And I'm sure I did make a few car crashes, but he tried to steer me away <laughs> from, from some of them. And uh, that, I guess that was one, one of the first. And then more laterally, um, in my previous company, a company called Borealis in Belgium, my CPO, my boss, uh, he really, he was a fantastic CPO. And um, he showed me, he was a great salesman. And uh, maybe it's counterintuitive, but actually I believe uh, that the single biggest thing that we need in procurement is good salespeople. Because the more you go up in the in the hierarchy, the more you spend your time selling or influencing, depending on what you want to call it. And he was excellent at that. And uh, a real inspiration in, in, in how to do that. He could sell sand to, to, to the Arabs uh, without any problem. And um, he, <laughs> he actually, yeah, he probably did that. Um, and the other thing that he taught me as well, uh, the same CPO, his name was Nando. Um, he described it in a way, he said, you're the captain of this big cruise ship and you're up on, on the bridge and you're making sure that it doesn't run aground. He says, but what you, not, what you need to do as well is actually pull over, get off and go onto the islands and go exploring in the islands. And what he meant by that was it's not enough just to run the ship uh, from A to B and make sure that everything's ticking over nicely but you had to go and look for new things, different things, what I would call innovation, change, whatever. Um, and he was, really, he was really very good at that. So you need to be much more than just a technician that's good at doing your job, but you actually need to bring something novel, new uh, to, to the business. And uh, I've always tried thereafter, you know, every year you've got your targets and say, okay, what do you want to do different this year? What kind of special thing do you want to do? And I think that's what helps people uh, stand out from the crowd, because if you just do what everybody else does, well, so what? Even if you do it very well, um, that's just expected. So, uh, yeah, they're two people that, uh, when I look back, um, they, they taught me a lot. Yeah, I love that analogy of the ship. You know, you have to get out of your comfort zone and innovate yeah. and explore and find new technologies and new systems. And, and if you're yeah, not just doing new it ideas. And try and shake things up and try and, you know, yourself do things differently, but also help the business that you work in do differently. So um, I sat on the HR leadership team in Novartis and uh, I have to say HR as a function is typically quite conservative. Um, I, I would even, if I'm very critical, say they're, they're still stuck in the 20th century. Um, and they suffer from some of the same problems that procurement uh, suffers from. You know, they're not necessarily seen as strategic. They're led rather than lead um, themselves. So I, I, I tried to shake them up when I brought them lots of new ideas and we had a great, great time doing it. Um, I think wherever part of procurement you're in, um, that's what I think good procurement does. It doesn't just accept the status quo. It's always looking to shake the tree. 
Yeah, they don't stick to if it's not broke, don't fix it. They go out there and try to make no, it better. That's anyway, that's boring, right? Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's not what I get up in the morning to do. Right? I want to do something exciting. Exactly. And with younger people coming into the workforce, you know, we, we have to give them, you know, a solution and a way to make get things done faster and easier or they won't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they have their own ideas and they will look at the world slightly differently to uh, people of my generation and, and you know, good. Um, I want them to come with new ideas and challenge me and challenge the, their stakeholders and that's how we advance, that's how we make things better and um, you've got to be open to that, not everybody wants to do that, but uh, I like that. Absolutely. Well, speaking of innovation, what's the most innovative thing you're seeing in the space right now? Well, there's, there's many things, but um, just very recently, uh, you may know them, I came across a company called Fulcrum, uh, Sean and Trevor are the two founders that are based out in San Diego. And what they're trying to do, and it plays into the space that I, I mentioned earlier, uh, which is the work uh, workplace. They're trying to optimize the way work gets done by marketing work to different talent channels that I mentioned. So usually if I want to hire somebody, I'll go to my talent acquisition team, they'll go and look for a full-time equivalent. And if I want to get a contractor, I've got a different channel. And if I want to do something else, it's a different channel altogether. And they've built a software that's trying to enable businesses and hiring managers to access all of those channels simultaneously. And the other thing it does really, really well, I think, is help users create statement of work. So if you're buying some consulting or want to do some project work, uh, a traditional failing is we either have no statement of work or the statement of work is poorly or badly written. And that makes then the, the management of the, the project and the work thereafter difficult. And if you want to have deliverable-based uh, or outcome-based um, contracts without a good statement of work, you can't do it. So they, they've, I think they've found a, a space where there's definitely a, a gap and companies that are going to move towards total talent management or even just managing what they have today in the individual silos, um, their, their tool, I think, could really, really help them. And I don't know of any other tool out there that, that's purpose to do this. Um, typically the, the tech uh, is very separate. You know, the permanent hiring is one tech stack and then the non-permanent hiring is different tech and the, never the twain shall meet. So um, they're trying to bring all of this together under one roof, which if a company wants to provide a service to its hiring managers without sending them down, you know, 20 routes and trying to figure it out themselves, I think this could be really game changing. And, um, yeah, that's that's one of the things I've, I've seen recently that I really like. That's, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I've heard of Fulcrum. Actually, uh, my father-in-law worked for them probably 10 years ago. So, oh. uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. I hadn't heard of them in a while, but that's that's great to bring up. I hadn't hadn't thought about them, but it's great to know they're doing so much in the space. Yeah. To just streamline. Uh, I was speaking with them yesterday. They've gotten funding. Um, so, obviously, they've convinced some investors that it's a good idea as well. So, um, yeah, I'd be interested to see where they go with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It sounds like they've grown a lot. So that's great. Yeah, yeah. So can you tell us one unique thing about you, David? Something that maybe the folks in procurement supply chain don't really know about you might surprise some people? Yeah, um, sure. I've got a few things. Um, oh, good. Uh, one, one would be, um, it, it may sound a bit weird, but I'll explain it afterwards. Um, I'm a pr I'm, I can tell what size shoes people wear by just looking at them. And um, 
I learned to do that. I opened and ran the first footlocker store in Nice in the French Riviera many years ago. So I, I sold sneakers. I was the manager of the store. And uh, as a time-saving device, um, you know, when someone would walk in and they would say, I want to try on a pair of shoes, I just look at the feet and say, you're a size 42, 43. Yeah, okay, good. Um, I, I was able to judge it by just by visually. And then, um, you know, I didn't need to measure the foot so I could get saved some time that way. So that's a, that's something, a skill that I, I, Fascinating. <laughs> I still have today. Not that I use it, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, what a so, waste. <laughs> I know, wasted talents, really. I know I'm in the wrong job. Um, so yeah, I, 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 uh, I started my career selling sneakers. And um, so I, I, I learned a few things apart from, uh, uh, knowing what size people's feet were, I learned about sales and customer service, which I think has served me well throughout my career into uh, in supply chain procurement. Um, so yeah, I learned a bit more than uh, than just the size. And and the other interesting, well, not interesting, the other thing that people wouldn't necessarily know, um, I did a, I did a degree in business, and I moved um, from the UK where I studied to Paris in France and my first job after graduating with a business degree was uh, making french fries for McDonald's on the Champs-Élysées. So you know four, four years of blood sweat and tears uh, to end up yeah. making french fries in the Champs-Élysées McDonald's. So you got to do you got to you know <laughs> you got to earn it. I love those humble beginnings. It. Yeah, that's right. You got to earn it. So um, I, I've done a lot of uh, very uh, humble jobs, uh, humping furniture, working on farms, working in building sites, etc. Um, and I know the value of uh, work. Hard yeah. Work. Well, there's that saying, you know, if you carry your own water, you count every drop, you know, and it makes a big difference, you know, if, if you have to really do the work yourself. And I yeah. personally believe that everybody should work in the service industry at least one time in their life before they enter the corporate life you know to understand oh, right. what customer service and sales and you know it all it all ties in together yeah I, I, I think you're right katie um it's uh, it's hard work um but it's a good grounding and um you know the uh, footlocker being an american company and it was in europe i was in footlocker europe they differentiated themselves from most retailers in europe when they had a strong focus on customer service um, you know, for example, you're serving somebody, you're bent down, and you're putting a shoe on their foot, somebody walks in the door and you always have to look up, hello, uh, sir, madam, I'll be with you in a second. Just greet them. Um, and, and that's a small thing, but, uh, and not do what some people do, which is try and ignore people because you're busy and you don't want to have eye contact. You've had to do the opposite. So yeah, good customer service is something I hold dear. And it's something that I believe procurement is a, is a, service function and uh, our job mm -hmm. is to serve the rest of the business so you need to understand what serving a business means but it's not in a menial way it's not in a subservient way uh, it's in you know you're there to add value to others in that in your business yeah yeah exactly exactly so what's one piece of advice that you would give to to folks that are maybe trying to claw up the ranks and and see some of the success that you've been able to to see yeah um I know today uh, is a digital world and we talk endlessly about digital in, in all areas, including procurement. Uh, and maybe I'm old school, but uh, I'm a firm believer that all business is people business. And um, as I mentioned uh, earlier, 
the, the ability to uh, sell, the ability to influence, uh, all of the soft skills that requires, to me, uh, are what's most important in procurement. Uh, above and beyond the technical skills, and that you have to have the technical skills, you need to know your strategic sourcing methodology, how to negotiate and all of that good stuff. But what will differentiate you from the, the crowd is your ability to create relationships with your internal stakeholders, to create relationships with your suppliers and extract value from one for the other uh, and do it in a way where, you know, you're considered to be um, a professional, fair, you know, not some caveman procurement just wants to beat their chest and say, I beat the supplier up, look at me, aren't I great? That, and that's just childish. Um, so I think the, 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 the soft skills are, are what's most important uh, and that's where I would say to people, uh, you know, really focus. And alongside that, particularly when you're starting off, um, try and get a broad, as broad a, as experience as you can in procurement. Uh, I went, I started in indirect procurement and then I was asked to head up direct procurement. So, you know, the petrochemical industry, so, you know, which is sourcing uh, uh, chemicals and I'm not a chemist. I had no idea what it was about, but it was the greatest thing I ever did. So moving around wherever you can and, into different categories or different parts of procurement, it really broadens your horizon and it rounds you out nicely to take on you know, uh, responsibility as you as you progress in your career. So don't be too narrow when you start. Try and avoid that. Uh, and if you have a category for say two three years and look to get into a different one after that, I think that's really uh, helpful because that adds value to you as a as an individual. And um, you know later on, if you want to specialize in an area you're passionate about fine but at least you've got that broad uh foundational um stuff there i think that's for me that's the two pieces of advice that i would i would offer up i love that i love that and you know to, to put it more broadly it's get out of your comfort zone don't don't stay in just one lane you know feel free to explore yeah. and it's easy it's easy to say um but it takes courage uh, to do it because you may fail and um, if you have a good boss and they see some potential in you, they will hopefully offer you those opportunities to step into areas that you don't know, but they think, you know, you're talented enough to learn about them. And if the boss is really, really good, uh, they'll back you up even when you might be struggling. Um, so, you know, everything is not a bed of roses. You won't succeed at everything straight away, but they shouldn't crucify you either if because of, you know, lack of experience or whatever, uh, you may struggle somewhat, but if you've got the, the smarts and, and most of all, the, so just a kind of basic common sense, which by the way, is a lot less common than one thinks. Um, it's, you have that ability to, to, to go from one area to another. Uh, good procurement people can swim in many lanes. Um, so I, I think that's, that's really important. So yeah, put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to take risks. Calculate risks, of course, but uh, if you stick to the try and trust it, never take a risk. Well, you're not likely to get to get very far. So exactly, exactly. Well, what a great note to end on. Thank you so much, David, for this interview. It's Such a pleasure, a pleasure having one. Yeah, you're awesome. You're absolutely a rock star. So you just wear that coat and you just flaunt it because that's because <laughs> that's what you are. <laughs> but thank you so much for, for being a part of Procurement Foundry and, and joining us today. We really appreciate it. I hope everyone that joined enjoyed it and everyone go out there and have a very blessed week. Thanks, David. Thank you.